Thanks for listening to Shift Your Spirits. I'm Slade Robertson. I'm a professional intuitive, but I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most new age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. It is Friday, January 10th, 2020, as I record this introduction. This week, I want to share with you my one and only experience as a medium, kind of, communicating with a soul who has recently crossed over on behalf of a client. This communication has been going on for over a year and a half now, and it's a really unusual arrangement. I just wanted to share it with you. I think you'll find it interesting. As always, there's an oracle segment at the end of the show, so be thinking about a question or a concern you have. Hold it in your mind, and I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that extra message. In personal news, I'm just writing fiction right now for a project under one of my pen names. I've never made fiction my main job on a daily basis for as long as I'm intending to do right now. It's going to be a three-month period. So I have little interesting to share except for word counts and spending time with Steven. That is my hamster wheel of joy. If it were to be my life forever, writing novels and hanging out with Steven, I'm cool with that. I honestly have everything that I've ever wanted. Thank you to all of you who continue to pledge your support on Patreon. It demonstrates that you're enjoying the show and you want me to continue making it. Listeners who support the show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. To find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. All mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. You've probably heard me say this several times on the podcast. I've said it to clients hundreds of times. It comes up often in conversations with people I mentor who are learning and developing their intuitive abilities. It's a commonly understood concept within our community that the umbrella term intuitive or psychic has room for a whole lot of specialities underneath it. But I think sometimes to the average person out there, when you put yourself out as a medium or a professional intuitive or a psychic, the average client hears that and sort of thinks of it as all being the same thing. So, of course, I have always attracted people who are interested in having me connect as a medium and I'm simply not one. And I used to feel like, oh, well, maybe something's missing or is it bad that I'm putting myself out as an intuitive? I eventually just decided to embrace the fact that I'm not in a medium and explain to someone what the difference is and why they need to seek a medium specifically. It's kind of like if someone brought you a song that was written for a soprano. I'm a baritone. That doesn't mean I can't sing. It just means I'm not a soprano. Here, let me introduce you to a soprano. Or, if you're going to look on your own, be sure and ask for one. It also comes up for me, the whole concept of mediumship and how I feel about the beliefs behind it. And 
I've often thought maybe deep down it has something to do with the reason why I don't display mediumship abilities and I don't attract those clients and those experiences in the same way as someone who is a professional medium. Mediumship is a strong faith point of view. It has a definite belief system behind it, life after death, in a very classic way, I guess you could say. And this whole concept of the afterlife is really complicated for me. I mean, I go to a deeply nerdy place about alternative dimensions and time as a human construct and the idea that... um, We could be living multiple realities simultaneously. You know, all that good kind of inception matrix sort of stuff is where I go when I ponder and, you know, navel gaze about these topics. I have a lot of really close friends who are mediums, and I work with mediums. I coach them on their abilities and on developing their skills as a business. Um, I think I'm pretty good at supporting other people to do it, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing to maintain this openness. In one case, I'm not saying I don't believe in it or that I'm disproving it or because I don't have that experience that it's not real. I'm just saying I don't have that experience. I don't get that channel. I don't watch that show. I've heard it's great. It's really cool for all of you who do it. Um, You know, to me, the spirits are a lot of things. They are kind of a collective spirit. Spirits exist, I'm pretty sure. At least that's a pretty good word for describing frequencies and energy and things that have consciousness or have traces of consciousness within it that are in different states. Um, as far as life form, I also believe that sometimes these are archetypes communicating through us. They're sort of part of our programming. They're part of our DNA. And I'm not sure what any of that, what how I view it, has has to do with God and heaven and all of that. This idea that you know when we die, our spirits go to a place where all our loved ones are waiting for us, and that we can communicate from there, or we can return here to visit those left behind. You know, it's a common story that a lot of people believe in, and a lot of people have um, evidence for it. One of my best friends is an evidentiary medium, which is specifically to say. You know, it's a kind of practice where they provide um, facts that you can verify, things that will help you identify that they are speaking to the soul of someone that you knew. So I'm not discounting any of that. I'm simply saying, wow, you know, I don't do it. Had I gone to a class where it was all about mediumship, I probably would have failed miserably and just assumed I wasn't psychic at all. So I'm glad I didn't have that in my head going into it. I only sort of found out later, oh, wait a minute. There's this whole other thing some people do that I can't. But the things that I can do, I'm fine with. So typically when someone inquires about mediumship, like uh, someone sends me an email, you know, inquiring about getting a reading and they mention that, you know, someone's crossed over, that they're hoping to get in contact with someone, I or you know sometimes people purchase a reading with me and and then I find out kind of after the fact um 
you know, I always refer them to a medium, uh, preferably within our community. It's one of the benefits of having automatic intuition and all the different people who've connected with this podcast is I don't have to just shut the door in anyone's face, say, here's your money back. Sorry, you know, go look for a medium. Um, I just kind of get to play matchmaker now and, and pair up clients with people that I've worked with. And so, you know, if if you've ever thought about getting a reading with someone and there's some hesitation, maybe that is part of why you're hesitating. You're not really sure that what it is that you want to present to them is something that they're capable of doing. You know, by all means, write them first and say, hey, I'm interested in past life information. Do you do that? Or, hey, I'm interested in mediumship. Are you a medium? Uh, most people would rather answer that question up front than to get on a phone call and, and disappoint someone. Now, the definition of spirit guides, as I was explaining it to everyone, say, 10 years ago, is the information that is in my free download, Contacting Your Spirit Guides 101. I have rewritten a little bit of that. I've, I've given it a foreword. I even did a podcast episode several months ago uh, called Spirit Guides for Skeptics, and I talked about how I had evolved and some of the more complex ways that I view spirits. But part of what I tried to do along my journey is to incorporate what I'm learning and what I'm experiencing from other people with what's actually happening to me and try to stitch it together in a way that makes sense to me and hopefully to other people. And, you know, that goes through phases, I think, especially when you're first discovering this type of information and you're learning it from other people, you adopt their ideas first and then over time maybe you um, add to those, you whittle some things away, you throw out parts that really don't work for you, add other things together. That's eclectic spirituality and you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It beats having to stick to some kind of fundamentalism or some set of rules that don't ever seem to fit. But one of the things that I always talk about is the fact that angels are not guides specifically as we understand them. Spirit guides are human spirits. They have existed in some life form similar to ours and they have a similar kind of consciousness. Um, They are usually not people that you've known who've crossed over. They're connected to you for entirely different reasons and they may have not been alive for you know thousands of years or something to tell you the truth little known fact about me um, some of you of course do know this because you've been reading and listening for a while and talking to me but I'm really more of specifically an angel intuitive Um, but back at the time that I was first emerging and doing this work and writing about it and talking about it you know Doreen Virtue had angels and angel communication um, pretty well locked up on the internet in terms of things like keywords. And, you know, when you're doing content marketing, it's very important that you use a lot of the terminology that people are actually searching for in order for them to find you. So I always felt a little bit hesitant about treading on um, angel intuitive Uh, keywords and concepts because I didn't really want to be constantly trying to 
um, explain the difference between myself and Doreen. I also didn't want to compete with her because that would have been a losing battle. I also don't really see things in the same way as someone like her. And so to use that terminology, it's a shorthand within the New Age community and people make assumptions about what that means. So for me, you know, the concept of spirits in general, including angels, all these entities, it's a much more... um, broader term for me to refer to spirit guides and to use that term to more loosely indicate we're talking about spirits ascended masters ancestors um, angelic entities extraterrestrials all kinds of things that may be communicating to you in a non-physical form and so i started to kind of use the term spirit guide more in um, universally, just to kind of um, make some space for myself uh, online, really, to um, to show up in different search engine return results, things like that. So I just kind of steered around talking about angels a lot. But to be really honest, you know, again, to use that mer- metaphor of the singing voice, some people have a low bass, some people are baritones, some people are altos and sopranos, and even someone who's a baritone like me can do a falsetto, which is to, you know, sing even higher than a uh, soprano, but it's in a it's in a false um, voice, it's not a full throat voice. So there's something similar that happens, I think, with the frequencies and energies that we connect with. P- different people are kind of naturally in tune with different frequencies. And for me, if I reach out without straining too hard, um, the first thing that I kind of connect with is something that we just invariably refer to as angels in all cultures. Um, it's a really specific concept and it exists in all human cultures throughout history. And I haven't found a better word to describe, um, these entities than that. So yeah, I'm really more of an angel intuitive. And when it comes to doing readings, I really consider myself a claircognizant and I am just pulling from a big grab bag stew of whatever is out there. It may be partly what you're connected to. It may be the collective. Think of it as the cloud. You know, um, I'm just kind of logging into the cloud more than into any specific site. And as long as the information is in the cloud, I don't really go digging for the source of where it's coming from so much anymore. It it expends an unnecessary amount of energy to stop and examine what kind of surface you're driving on than it is to just, you know, cruise on by. So, I would often hear people talk about, you know, people that they knew dying, passing away, crossing over, and becoming their guides or hear people referring to how their grandmother is now one of their guardian angels. And I would always think, you know, not quite. That's not really what's going on here. I never wanted to be rude. I would never say that to someone's face and shoot them down because in whatever way that they can conceptualize it or choose to perceive it, you know, that is obviously a comforting or powerful powerful thought for them that their loved one is still with them in spirit and connected with them in some way and who am I to say 
what that is. But between you and me, I'm looking at it from the side going, yeah, I don't really think I would call it that. Um, I think there's something else that's going on there. And what I would refer to that as is an ancestor spirit. An ancestor spirit could be anyone who came before you that's a part of your bloodline that you are connected to um, DNA in, in living biological form and therefore may have some special connection to the earth and to the place and to the collective psyche of all those who have gone before. Um, I'm not saying that a spirit can't still be connected to you or visiting you or leave an echo in your environment. I'm not saying that heaven doesn't exist and they're not bouncing back and forth or FaceTiming you from there. Um, But I think more than anything, for me, it helps to think of ghosts as memories. I think they are programs that are sort of carried within the minds of the people that we know. And I don't mean that, you know, oh, they're figments of our imagination. What I really mean in a really deep way is that the people you are connected to change the way your mind works. You are able to retrieve information from them. You're able to learn their perspective. You're able to apply the perspective of somebody who's no longer with you. My dad would have thought that was funny. My mother would have said this in that situation. You can access this sort of, it's almost like an AI. It's like, hey Siri, what's the weather today? You can access these um chunks of other people, both living and dead. Um, Seth and I talk a lot about being able to run one another's programming. Um, We know what one another thinks about and the kinds of things we respond to and the kind of music that we love. And I have the ability to hear things and sometimes um, view them or process them through Seth's aesthetic, you know, and we refer sometimes when we haven't spoken for a long time and we get together as, you know, kind of having a software update. Like I haven't gotten my Seth software updated in a while. Um, I'm using an outdated version and a lot has happened in his life since I last spoke to him and, and vice versa. So sometimes we get together and have a little download session. The thing about people who are mediums in in a really classic straightforward way is they usually know it by this point like it has occurred to them without their trying to make it happen it's usually something that has happened to them repeatedly um, since childhood uh it is very unlikely for someone who has had no experience with spirits or ghosts or mediumship to think, oh, that'd be really cool to do that and and to pursue doing it. It usually is something that you claim because it's happening to you and you want to deal with it in a more intentional way. Now, having said that, there are people who come through the automatic intuition program who discover that part of what they are doing in their intuitive connection is a form of mediumship. So, for instance they may go into a reading looking to connect with angels or looking to retrieve information from spirit guides and they pick up on an entity, they receive names, they receive detailed information, they pass that on to the client and it's the client 
who recognizes that entity as the spirit of a person that they knew. So in that circumstance, usually what happens is my client, the student who's learning to do these readings, will come back to me and say, oh my God, every single time I did a reading for someone, it turned out that it was someone that they knew. The client identified it as someone who passed over. And they would discover, I'm actually a medium. I, I, I do have the ability to do this. And then once they know that, they're able to fine-tune it and start to do it more intentionally and to do it on cue. So, you know, I'm not saying that if it's never, ever happened to you before, it might not happen. It could be something that's waiting in the wings, but it is there as a potentiality is all I'm saying. Um, the only time it ever happened to me like that, like that I ever did a reading for someone and it came across as a mediumship was like one time in hundreds of readings and years of doing them, one time many years ago, I gave a reading and I was describing what I assumed to be some type of guide and the client insisted that they knew who it was. It was like an aunt or a grandmother or something like that um, and really wanted it to be a guide, I do believe. So I kind of left it up to the client to perceive it however she wanted to. It wasn't relevant to the information itself like the information that was coming through and the impact on what was going on in her life was still relevant regardless of what the source was and that kind of speaks to my whole way of working period which is I don't really care if you have a question and I can get an answer for you and it's something that makes sense and it has affirming details within it and reasons for you and I both to trust that, hey, you know what, this is relevant information from somewhere. I'm good with that. And it actually allows me to be more detailed and to exercise that ability uh, in a more relaxed way, which in turn allows you to be more intuitive. When the more relaxed you are about 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 it, the more kind of cavalier that your attitude is, the less you kind of overthink it. It's like roller skating or playing the drums or something. You know, there's a little bit of muscle memory involved, and when you can rely on that, it's actually a better result. You have more grace and power. So I still don't think that I've ever performed classically as a medium. But a few years ago, like a year and a half ago, not even a full two years ago, I was contacted by a woman named Stephanie. And she claimed that a man that she was involved with had crossed over and become her guide. She was very excited about this. She had been receiving little bits of communication from him and attempting to com contact him. And she was relating to him as if he was the role of a mentor or a guide. And she was hoping that I could fill in some of the gaps for her. And this was not long after I started doing email readings and, and offering that. So my knee-jerk response was going to be, no, I'm not a medium. You know, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. He's probably not a guide because if you knew him in this lifetime and he recently crossed over, that doesn't sound like a guide to me. It sounds like a, you know, mediumship, ancestor spirit, or, you know, loved one from beyond kind of situation. But she explained to me about 
their relationship a little bit and started describing the nature of their communications and she was attempting to channel him herself and she was wanting me to kind of contribute in some way and I was like I don't know I felt like it was something in between a channeling that she was asking for and possibly mediumship it also there was the potential to support her in doing it so I kind of felt like okay something was telling me to try this to go ahead and work with her because her perception of the way things were going down might not be entirely accurate to the way that I would perceive it but maybe I did have the ability to execute what it was that she was asking and also perhaps to educate her a little bit about what was happening to her um I don't know you know sometimes things change and we discover that we have new abilities I tell my students all the time, you never know, you might be doing a certain type of reading for a few years and then something starts to show up within your readings and you discover a new ability or sometimes a client presents you with something that you've never seen before, but it's because you are meant to unlock a new door. So it was kind of in the back of my mind, ooh, maybe mediumship is going to show up for me. Maybe I shouldn't just automatically keep slamming the doors you know um it wouldn't hurt to try it and the more i thought about it and the more she was describing what she was doing and what she was hoping that i could do i sort of thought well you know what i'm just going to treat it as an automatic writing exercise and i can just even do it about her situation and just kind of treat it as if she is a client wanting me to investigate what's happening with her and this entity named Richard, or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be that I have to communicate with Richard specifically. Maybe I can just pick up on something about what's going on with her. And, you know, I can do one of these readings in 20 minutes. So it's not a big deal. And in in that moment, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try it. I don't know why, but I said yes. And I didn't tell her any of my hesitations until after I attempted to do the reading. Anyway, so starting in June 2018, in the last year and a half, I have done readings for Stephanie and Richard nine times now. And I recently contacted her and said, would it be cool if I talk about Richard with everyone? This is a unique thing that... um, it's unlike anything else that I've done in my career, and um, it reminds me of little bits and pieces of all my work, but it's this own little thing, and I've never talked about it before to anyone but Stephanie, and of course she was like, yeah, you know, you can tell everybody about it if you want to, so um, I just thought you might find it interesting. Richard died in February 2017. So it had only been about a year and a half that he had crossed over that she was coming to me talking about communicating with him. She believed he was her guide. And, you know, it was interesting. I don't know a lot of the details of their time together in life, and I've never known the circumstances of his death. Um, Stephanie described them as acquaintances. It feels like they knew one another 
like kind of intensely but never had a chance to fully explore it and that there was a connection very late in his life almost like he sort of can like I don't know have you ever like met someone you might have considered dating like right before you move out of town or something like that it was kind of felt a little bit like that had happened but only you know on this plane and her first request to me was to know what Richard meant when he told her before he died that she was his first and last love. And she was particularly interested in knowing how she was his last love. So anyway, I did the reading and then I included some disclaimers explaining to her you know, how this was unusual for me, some of the things that I've just told you guys. Here's exactly what I wrote to her just before the content of her first readings. It is rare for someone you've physically known in your lifetime to die, cross over, and continue connecting, not only in visitation, but as a spirit guide specifically. This is very rare. But in your case, I feel like it's authentically so. When I first received your request to do a reading involving someone you knew who had recently passed, I hesitated because I'm not a medium. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. I connect mostly to angelic entities, or at least that's the entity I connect with most easily. And then there are some human-souled individual entities or guides that I connect with on a kind of secondary basis. I never like to tell myself I can't do any type of reading. Our words and beliefs are powerful. I felt an immediate opportunity to do something I don't typically do. And my feelings told me Richard is different, that I would be able to hear him and share his thoughts. My guides said to pursue it as I would channel dialogue when writing a character voice in fiction. It's a very similar lane to my intuitive channel anyway. So I felt from the very beginning that Richard was uniquely communicative, and he was. I was able to do the reading. I wrote, I don't know, like 900 words of sort of a direct channel. Um, No, not a direct channeling. I take that back. I wrote about 900 words. It was a little bit of a quasi back and forth relay translation explaining what he meant about being his first and last love. Needless to say, the reason I'm here telling you the story and that I've done nine readings for Stephanie is because her feedback regarding what I was able to get were just absolutely ecstatic. And she was really happy with the results of the readings, and she continued to contact me with a variety of questions, very different kinds of things. Sometimes it was information of a more philosophical nature, um, things that were attempting to explain very esoteric things that she had brought through from Richard that she wasn't really sure how to extrapolate or what he might meant have meant from them. And sometimes they were um, her wanting to know commentary, his thoughts about something that had happened in conversation with them in the past. Now, something interesting of note is 
I don't really travel that often. Maybe it seems to you like I do because if you only listen to the podcast, you know, that is a momentous thing for me to go somewhere out of state or, you know, fly somewhere or go to some kind of convention. And I'll often include that as, you know, kind of personal news. Those are milestone things. Um, But I actually don't travel very much. Sometimes it's only once or twice in a year that I would even close readings for a few days and say, hey, I'm out of the office for a week, you know, I'm not doing readings till I get back, that kind of thing. Usually it's my once a year camping trip. Yet every single time I would go out of town, I would get a request from Stephanie. Or every request from Stephanie always came during a break on my end. It was so weird. It was like a private joke between us two. And I never have really figured out what that meant. What is it about me not being at home that makes Stephanie go, time to talk to Slade? I don't know. It's like some little ripper, ripple in the ether um, pings her, and I'll get a request from her. And it's so funny because, you know, I often book trips and pack and do all those things before I even post oh, by the way, I'm leaving tomorrow. You know, I'll, I'll just sort of put it out there at the last minute. And so the almost 100% of the time, I believe every single one of those nine readings with one possible exception have occurred when I'm traveling. I don't do the readings necessarily when I'm traveling, but the requests always come in when I'm not at home. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, just a curious little thing. It, and, and that's a perfect example of one of those things where, you know what, it just, at the end of the day, it says to me, there's some kind of unique connection between me and Stephanie. And if that's the only thing I ever know from it, that's fine. It's just a, it's just a weird little emoji. It's like a little psychic emoji that, uh, that we pass back and forth. After two or three readings, I started to really want to coach Stephanie on using my process in her attempts to communicate with Richard. Some of the techniques she was using were very similar in things that I teach and very similar to what it was I was doing to retrieve the information. And so not only was I giving her answers to her questions, but I was revealing a lot of my process to her and and kind of commenting on, hey, not only did I hear this, but here's how that information came through, or here's something that I would do if I was you to get that kind of detail, Um, or if you get this kind of information, here's how to get more of it. And so I started to do these kind of quasi-tutorial communications with her that went beyond the readings and, and became this kind of... I don't know, instructional correspondence course kind of things. But I felt like it was really important from where I'm coming from. I don't want you to have to call me every time you make a decision or just because I did a really great reading for you, that's better than your own abilities or your own um, discernment. You know, I, I always want to educate you or empower you to do as much of this stuff on your own as possible. And I would be happy to work with someone to the point where they said, you know what, I don't really need you to do these readings for me anymore. I kind of just started doing them for myself. That to me would be like a happy ending and a really wonderful place to get to. And so I felt like, you know, Richard was really interesting and the kinds of things that he talked about were so cool. And 
I felt like Stephanie and I were, you know, it was like Stephanie and I were the only two people in the world who had read this really cool book, you know, and we would talk about it. But I wanted her to have the experience of sharing it with people other than me. And I also really, really thought, you know, this is really cool, but if I'm the only person who ever hears about it, that seems like it's kind of wasted on one person. And I really wanted to encourage her to produce her channelings in some way. I suggested that she publish them or do some kind of blog. Richard is definitely something of a philosopher, and Stephanie's relationship with him reminds me more of some of those channels who publish their communications. You know, they have a a certain soul that they um, just channel huge volumes of information about and put it out in written form, or they do teleseminars or record, you know, their channelings. Um, Whether she had that context or not, when I observe what it is that she's doing, I really do feel on some level like that's what this is really about. And that's up to her to take it to that level or to turn it out into the world in that way. I don't know if she needs to do that or wants to do that. But she started to work with him more and more on her own and would use my readings kind of every now and then to clarify something or to affirm details about things that she was getting on her own and she wanted to see if I got similar stuff. That always freaked me out a little bit because I always thought, oh, you know, she's really excited about the information she's bringing through and what if I tell her something that cuts that down in some way or, you know, kicks her knees out from under or makes her feel like what she's getting isn't true. Um, So I was a little bit crossing my fingers on those readings. But again, the feedback was really great. And it was interesting to me to see her compare the word choice that I was bringing through and the turns of phrase and to show me, you know, examples of the way Richard talked and the way that he spoke in the channelings that she was receiving There were details, there was imagery, there were metaphors that definitely did not feel like mine, but it was so cool to see, oh, you know, this is kind of what she's getting, and I'm I'm not um, undercutting her abilities at all. I'm I'm affirming what she's doing um, by participating, and so, you know, Again, sometimes you just can never know these things without getting the feedback from another person. Um, It's not like you feel incredibly psychic while you're doing it. Uh, Sometimes it's that evidence that makes you say, oh, well, hey, I guess I'm pretty good at this. And, you know, you just relax and keep doing it. There was some uncanny evidence along the way. I can't think of specific examples um, here in the moment. I should have kind of gone through and collected them. But, you know, sometimes I prepare for these podcast episodes in a matter of minutes before I start talking to you about them. So I was aware when I channeled Richard's voice directly, like when I was speaking his words in first person, it had a very recognizable quality to it. And sometimes I did not really get him directly in that way, but I could tell her things about him. It wasn't coming through in first person every time. Again, it was like, it reminded me of writing fictional characters, writing dialogue or writing a first person monologue 
first person prose description as opposed to say sometimes writing in third person um about the characters observing them and not being inside their head um the point of view with richard moves around a little bit um actually it went in at one point and got really deeply into almost just channeling him like he was speaking through me and then it backed off a little bit and I passed it off more and more to her one time she sent me a request that I literally could not complete it did happen one time she wrote this question to Richard wanting to know what he had learned about Stephanie that he did not know before he had passed and I don't know what it was about that question, but I got nothing. I mean, just crickets. And I was comfortable enough with my relationship with her to be able to say, you know what, I really just didn't get anything. You know, here I'm going to do a refund. And she asked, you know, well, should I just write you back right away with another question? Maybe it's the question. And I said, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe it's the timing. Why don't you wait and go off and just kind of wait that normal amount of time that you wait, whatever it is in between sessions. Wait till that urge hits you again after some time has passed. And then, you know, try me again and we'll see what happens. Um, I did think maybe the connection had run its course and that we just weren't going to get anything anymore. But she did return with some other questions after that. And the information did flow again. Uh, sometimes it even strayed into some uncomfortable areas that were extremely personal between them. And it was very awkward to be in the room with two people having that conversation. I continue to wonder, though, you know, what the mechanism was behind these readings that allowed me to do it. It was perfect for the format of an email reading. It was this ongoing sort of channeling and automatic writing I automatic write I use automatic writing every day of my life uh, both in fiction and in nonfiction in you know in journaling um, it, it's kind of a similar technique no matter what type of writing I'm doing I use a lot of the same sort of efficiency techniques I guess you could say it like doing time Pomodoro um, doing, uh, writing sprints, I am often writing at 15, 20, or 25-minute intervals, depending on the circumstance, um, and that's something that I teach people how to do. But how was I doing mediumship? You know, like, still, no one else has come along, asked me to do mediumship. I haven't discovered suddenly, oh, hey, you know, I believe in souls in a really traditional way, and they've crossed over and gone to heaven, and now they're FaceTiming me. Um I've never really, none of that has ever changed for me. I began to suspect that the reason why it works with Stephanie is because I'm actually reading her. This is my theory, okay? I believe, like I said, that connections are like programs and they're sort of, you know, parts of your soul and your psyche and your aesthetic and your personality and your sense of humor are sort of downloaded into the hearts and minds of your loved ones, the people that you're connected to. And 
Stephanie could access Richard like an artificial intelligence program. She could communicate with him like a spirit computer entity. And maybe she could just, you know, communicate with him directly in spirit. Maybe she is a medium. And it was a more classic mediumship scenario for her. But I felt like I was not directly communicating with him as much as I was reading her communications with him. It was like her handing me her phone to call him. Like if I call Richard from her phone, it's going to show up as Stephanie calling and maybe he's going to be more likely to answer. As opposed to me having his number, calling him from my device, and it showing up as like, what's this weird number from Tennessee? It's probably spam healthcare. Hang up. You know, like... Sometimes when I call my boyfriend's phone, his cell phone, when he's at work, his sister answers the phone, which is kind of weird to me because since the era of cell phones, like the idea of somebody answering the phone and then saying like, oh, hold on a minute, I'll get him. Like that is such a landline thing. It's something that I've never done once we all have individual phones and we don't share telephones as much. Um, But he still does that. And he'll be busy and he'll hear my ringtone or whatever and he'll he'll just say, hey, answer that and talk to Slade and tell him that I'll call him back or whatever. Sometimes it's really random people that answer. I mean, so far, no strangers, but, you know, like just people I wouldn't expect to pick up his phone. It's it's very um, weird. I've, I've learned to just, you know, roll with it. It's fine. Uh, but he rarely reads texts or get voice messages. So, you know, it, it, this is just kind of part of the way you communicate with him or get in touch with him. But at the, the, the point is he gives permission to other people to speak to me on his behalf. And I think that as an intuitive in spirit communication, Stephanie has given me permission to answer her calls from Richard and to make calls to Richard on her behalf to make contact using her gifts as well as my own it's a unique synergy we've created it's like co-authoring or something Richard's voice my voice Stephanie's it's like a quasi mediumship a kind of mediumship doesn't always fit in a box you know it's not always a service with a little checkbox on your website someone can order sometimes it's just about the unique connections you make with individual people that could never have occurred with anyone else there's always something miraculous about each and every one of the connections between us Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you prefer. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can also download a free ebook and a meditation to help you connect with your guides. 
If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or with one of our featured practitioners, please go to sladeroberson.com readings. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or a concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that. Hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. All these obstacles have left you feeling frustrated. You can see the big picture, but all the blocks make your gorgeous plan feel like a bunch of wasted time and effort. Maybe your plan didn't allow for enough adjustments. A plan with no flexibility is kind of asking for it. Don't panic. Don't throw it all away. Take another look at the plan and ask yourself what small changes and little shifts will allow you to stay on track in the long term. And prepare to make these kinds of adjustments as often as necessary. Just because it's not smooth doesn't mean it's broken. And I'll talk to you later.